out everybody. Grab somebody. Rock that button. Anyways, I don't know what the song I was trying to sing. Oh, uh, welcome along to a, another piss poor lighting job. I wonder if this lantern light of mine will. I gotta, I gotta dip the battery in water to make it light up. Um, another, uh, <laughs> Americana with Big John. Uh, wanted to delve into something that's not current event that, events, it's not politics. For those of you who wonder what the hell I'm doing, I'm arguing with a flashlight if you're watching on video. Um, but, you know, I was watching today uh, uh, some news or uh, saw it on somewhere on the news feed. That's not what I want to do. Um, the, the baseball team from Cleveland no longer has a nickname. Now, to diehard fans, uh, friends of mine, you know, people such, uh, yes, I do know people, believe it or not, uh, they will always be the Cleveland Indians or the tribe. Uh, the tribe is kind of a, a commonary nickname for the Indians, uh, a nickname to the nickname. Uh, but friends of mine have been stocking up on Chief Wahoo uh, gear for a few years now and one guy says you know as long as he doesn't get any rounder he's got enough chief wahoo logo uh gear to last him a long time uh the uh number one selling t-shirt someplace is a picture of chief wahoo uh, with a middle finger extended and grabbing at his crotch uh, in defiance of the uh, new political correctness. Um, shoo, how did we get to this point? Uh, and the thing that got me going today was uh, the baseball team from Cleveland, which doesn't have a name now, they are not allowing fans to paint their faces red uh, and wear Native American headdresses into the game. Uh, this was for the longest time like a tradition in Cleveland. Um, you know, there, there was a movie, I don't know how this is going to work either, um, uh, a movie, uh, Major League, Came out, I guess, in the early 90s or late 80s. Uh, and a friend of mine, he... One of the main characters is this parolee, Rick Wild Thing Vaughn. And every year on opening day, which was today, a buddy of mine dresses up in a Cleveland Indians jersey with the old... Indians written in cursive logo and a picture of Chief Wahoo uh, jersey. And, I mean, he goes all in. He's got the big, Rick Vaughn wore these big horn rim glasses. Uh, I think there was tape in the middle. Uh, I know he, it was Charlie Sheen, but he wore these uh, 
big goggles, big spectacles, and uh, my buddy puts on his, you know, big fake glasses, his Indian's hat, and full traditional Cleveland Indians uniform. So, are they going to kick him out of the stadium for that? I don't know if Cleveland played uh, opening day at home today or not. But when they do have their first home game, my buddy not allowed to dress like Rick Wild Thing Vaughn. I don't know. But if you're going to a Cleveland Indians game, you cannot paint your face red. I would imagine they would include... Uh, you know, traditional Native American war paint in that because you're not allowed to wear a Native American headdress. So how did we get to this point? Um, white liberals de deemed the Cleveland Indians logo, Chief Wahoo, and the nickname Indian uh, offensive. Now, for a few years, you know, many years, really, um... Native American tribes have been trying to get this changed, and it's an interesting, intriguing subject. Uh, how we got to this point, and I looked some things up to see, you know, how we came to these nicknames for these teams, and it's it's like the nickname of a sports team should be like the least of our worries right now. I would think. What What is offensive should be the least of our worries in this world. But that's where we are. What is deemed as offensive takes a priority over what is deemed as practical to the survival of the human race. I don't want to go too deep into that. I want to talk about uh, nicknames of these sports teams, the, the Washington football team and the Cleveland baseball team. And then there's a bit of uh, urban legend or mythology about blankets laced with smallpox as a form of uh, genocide against Native Americans. Uh, and truthfully, I don't even know what we're supposed to call uh, these, this, this race, this group of people for, for the first 10 years of my life, it was Indians, uh, for the next 30 years, it was Native Americans. And then when I was in college, uh, somebody put on a bulletin board, indigenous people, um, and then, what's the what's the one that that douchebag Justin Trudeau uh, used? I think he said Native inhabitants or original original inhabitants. Well, they weren't. They weren't. They weren't the original inhabitants. Um, and I'm gonna touch a bit on the the Sioux Indians. Or what this? Oh, pardon me. The Sioux in original inhabitants of uh, the Americas or North of something, whatever. Um, because they want uh, 
land back that they claim belongs to them. But there's a weetsy-teetsy-witsy-bitsy-titsy uh, twist to that story that the Lakota Sioux don't tell you. Oh, Nelly, shit about to get deep. Hope you got thick skin and deep boots. Or tall boots, because it's going to get rough. The verbiage is going to be less than sugar-coated. So you better have a thick skin, and the poop's going to get deep, so you better have your tall boots on. Let's listen to some more uh, Native American drum beats while I... I light my ceremonious stogie and uh, get myself in trouble. crap on these cell phones. I went to push one button and something else popped up and I didn't know if I pushed the right button or if I pushed the thing that popped up. So, uh, WKYC Cleveland television station reported this, uh, I put, took some snippets out of an article Chances are you think you know. You thought you knew, but you don't know shit. You thought you knew. Uh, the full story. Uh, on the suggestion of fans, the club chose the name in honor of Luis, Louis Francis Sock Alexis. Cleveland professional ball player who was one of the first Native Americans in the game's history. The team's official media guide carried this claim as recently as this decade, and a plaque honoring Sock Alexis even resides at Progressive Fields Heritage Park. So, the long story short of it is, the Cleveland Indians got their name from the... Uh, to honor this Louis Francis Sock Alexis. The team went through many other nicknames. At one point, they were called the Spiders, uh, and then that team folded. Then the, the Cleveland team came into existence again, and for a while they were called the Blues because of the color of their uniforms. Uh, and different things. Um, but here we go. Historians, back to the article. Historians agree Summers and the writers saw that Summers was like a prominent sports writer back then. 
saw this dream brand opportunity. It's quite possible some actively remembered the Sock Alexis era with the spiders. Obviously, an exact ripoff of the Braves would have been impossible, so the group went with what they saw as the next best thing, the Cleveland Indians. So what happened was the Cleveland baseball team sought out sports writers to come up with a nickname for the team. And there was uh, the team, there was the Boston Braves at the time, and they became the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they had just completed a miracle season. Uh, Cleveland wanted to honor uh, Native American culture and capitalize on you know, the fame of the Boston Braves. Uh, so instead of just straight ripping off the name uh, Braves, which wouldn't have been kosher, they went with Cleveland Indians. So it, these sports teams, they name their teams this. They give their teams nicknames to honor or portray a certain aura. And they always want that aura to be of invincibility. Like my football team, the Raiders. I don't know what the hell a Raider is. But it sounds tough. Sounds mean. Sounds like a winner. Sounds, you know, almost invincible. We're going to raid you. We're going to come to your stadium. We're going to raid your team of victory. You know. And Native Americans, Indians... Uh, what the hell did I just say? Uh, original inhabitants, which they weren't. But, you know, they've always been a respected culture by Americans. Uh, white Eastern European Americans, Italian Americans, Chinese Americans, uh, Black Americans... Everybody, I've never heard anything derogatory in my lifetime about Indians or Native Americans. Now, I know there was, at time, a prejudice, but it hasn't been in my lifetime. So, I don't get where the problem is. Now, um, this guy Terry Pluto, back to the Cleveland Indians story. He's a big sports writer in Cleveland now. He recounts the plane dealer and sporting news correctly mentioned that the new moniker was one carried by the spiders for a time, while the Cleveland News directly, even directly mentions the Braves hoping Cleveland's hapless team name could show Uh, could show just as much reversal of form uh, as the unlikely champs. Yet the announcement of the change was of the change was made. None of the papers mentioned Sock Alexis until the plane dealer did so in a small January 1915 write-up after the fact. So if they did do it in honor of Sock Alexis. Uh, it wasn't like the prominent reason. They did it to try and steal some of the thunder from the Boston Braves. Um, 
Now, this other thing that's been a big deal. It started a couple years ago. I started noticing on ESPN on Sunday NFL Countdown or whatever it's called. The uh, Some of the announcers, especially the African-American ones, stopped using the word Redskins. And it, I guess it was a thing among the uh, members of the Sunday morning NFL countdown team that they wouldn't use the term Redskins anymore, that they were going to just say the, the team from Washington or the Washington football team, which is what the owner even calls them now. They don't even have their uh, traditional uh, Indian chief logo on the side of the helmets. They just have a W. Uh, but the Redskins name was chosen in 1933 to honor Native Americans in general. Plus, they had a Native American coach and four Indian players. In 1971, the owner, George Allen, who owned the team before Dan Snyder, took it and ruined it, uh, consulted with the Red Cloud Indian Fund on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation when designing the team's logo. So the logo which of the uh, Redskins, which I always thought was a very like proud, honorable logo, it reflected you know the mystique and it just looks like a strong person, a strong warrior. They've decided that's racist and uh, uh, also, that's the only word I can come up with is also, that that's a racist character there. That's the word I was looking for. Chief Wahoo, the Cleveland Indians, controversial logo, was more of a character of a Native American or an original inhabitant, which they weren't. Uh, let's see here. In this article from um, BalaVIP.com, BalaVip. Anyways, I'll link it in the description on YouTube and uh, Rumble if I can. It says, American conquerors of the Native Americans uh, referred to the Native Americans as, in, as Redskins. To separate them from whites and blacks. While there's some evidence that pre-Columbian tribes used a similar term to describe themselves, it became offensive as years went by and those communities were forced to relocate. Yet we want to I want to acknowledge and not think I'm being biased or well, it don't matter. People will talk shit no matter what. You know, there were horrific, terrible instances in American history with the Native Americans. And I do favor the Native Americans. As I pointed out at the beginning of this video and, and podcast, that a lot of the pressure to change these team names comes from middle-class white liberals. But uh, a lot of the Native American tribes have brought up the fact they don't like the term Redskin. They don't like the Chief Wahoo character. So we we don't want to undercut the 
uh, tragedies like the Trail of Tears, uh, where you know the Cherokee were moved from their uh, their territory that they had established at some point to a reservation in Oklahoma. Um, but we also want to point out that you know not they weren't just like chilling. They were fighting and warring with one another, too. Um, but anyways, back to these sports team logos. Ironically, the team's logo was, was designed by Walter Blackie Wetzel, the chairman of Blackfeet Nation, the president of the National and the president of the National Congress of American Indians. So the team logo was designed by a Blackfeet Indian. Uh, and I think it's his grandson or somebody. When they said they were doing away with that logo, he was very disappointed. Uh, it, he was reported to be proud of the fact the Indian chief was on the team's helmet. Uh, originally, they were called the Boston Braves because they played on the same field as the baseball team, Boston Braves. They later changed it to Redskins in an attempt to win uh, over more fans when they moved to Fenway Park. But the city wasn't into football at the time, so they relocated to Washington, D.C. Um, but this, this has been going on for a while with the Washington Redskins uh, before Dan Snyder. And for the longest time, he refused to change the logo. Well, then, you know, last year, because we had nothing better to do in 2020 than sit in our houses and be petty um, with the, the race riots brought on by uh, the overdose of George Floyd in police custody, we saw this avalanche of you have to change. Things have to change in America. And that's good. I mean, I'm a fan of change in America. But if there is some problem with systemic racism, which I've never, I, I've always loved Native American culture, always respected it, always thought it was taught in schools how brave and honorable Native Americans were. Or, um, as Justin Trudeau likes to say, original inhabitants, which they weren't. So we've got this fable, this story, this thing fabled in story and in song of a smallpox laced blankets being given to the Native American tribes to spread smallpox um, among their population and basically the first earliest attempt at biological warfare. This started and was documented 
1760, before America, before we were a nation, before the Constitution, before the Declaration of Independence, any of that, you had the British Army fighting the French and Indians in what's known as the French-Indian War. It's known as that because the French and the Indians teamed up against the British in a fight for land. So, uh, and it revolves around Fort Pitt, uh, which is in Pittsburgh, PA. I mean, Pittsburgh, PA. This is what the city of Pittsburgh was named after. Uh, and it sat at the uh, convergence of the Monongahela. Uh, and some other river, who cares? Uh, but anyways, at Fort Pitt, the uh, British settlers and soldiers had all gathered because the Indians were kicking that ass. And the general there was afraid that there was going to be a smallpox outbreak. So there was some correspondence between he and a another general who's on his way to back him up that you know negotiate with the native americans give them some something as a peace offering uh and some of those things included a snot a handkerchief or a snot rag as a, and it included blankets uh from the smallpox ward or area of the i'm sure crude rudimentary medical facility at the uh, Fort Pitt. So, keep in mind, these are the same Brits that the Founding Fathers kicked out. <laughs> okay? These were the same British our Founding Fathers kicked the hell out of here. Uh, when you want to blame, you know, the Founding Fathers and such on, with that tragedy. Um... Yeah, and, you know, the Native Americans were isolated people. And a lot of things were plagues to them. Uh, they spread rapidly among the Native Americans. Uh, isolated in North and South, Amer South America from such contagious killers as bubonic and pneumonic plague smallpox, tuberculosis. Archaeologists who have examined natural and man-made Indian mummies have discovered the Indians were susceptible to cancer, arthritis, and rare, uh, and rarely, rarely, I don't know what rarely is, but apparently it's some disease. Uh, tooth decay, but not much else. Syphilis appeared to have existed in both hemispheres, but wasn't uh, virulent in Western, the Western Hemisphere uh, as it became in Europe after 1494. <coughs> That's funny. Europe got promiscuous after 1494. Uh, those Paleo-Indians 
uh, not killed in battle or accident or by starvation died of old age, it says. Uh, and that's from historynet.com. I'll try to put that link in the description too. Uh, this other thing that you know seems to come up, uh, it came up uh, when Mr. Trump did his speech at Mount Rushmore. Uh, it's quite funny. Let me explain something to you. We're led to believe that they they gloss over it, they jump straight to the end and skip the middle and the beginning. The original inhabitants, who which they weren't, uh, did not grow from the soil in North America. They somehow migrated here. We don't know how, you know, but from, you know, Africa through uh, Asia, uh, maybe across the Bering Strait uh, into North America at, at different times of uh, global climate change. Okay. Um, they're constantly, not constantly, but you know, about every 10 years or so when some ice melts or when they dig deep enough, they'll find like a mummified body in Antarctica. Well, how in the hell did people get to Antarctica? And these bodies are like thousands and thousands of years old. So people were somehow moving around the planet for years. And these original inhabitants, as Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says, did not inhabit this land from the time the planet was formed or from the time God created man or however you want to look at it, okay? So there's this attempt or this... Last year, after George Floyd overdosed in police custody, this thing started popping up. Trump was President Trump at the time was going to give a Fourth of July speech, and it was one of the most patriotic, most beautiful American history speeches of my lifetime. And so the news had to find something bad to say about Mount Rushmore and they said well you know this really this land really belongs to the Lakota Sioux let me read you some things the Sioux Sioux this is from Encyclopedia Britannica Sioux a broad alliance of northern North American Indian peoples who spoke three related languages within the Siouan language family the name Sioux is an abbreviation for Nadawex Sioux. Uh, quote, or in parentheses, it says Adders, A D D E R S I E, enemies, a name originally applied to them by the Obawa or Chippewas. O G O J I B W A O Waba or Chippewas. Let's just call them Chippewa to make it easy. 
uh, a prolonged and continual warfare with the Chippewa to their east drove the Santee, which is another group of Sioux. Uh, I also have a friend named Santee. Um, anyways, into what is now southern and western Minnesota. At the time, the territory... Oh, wait a second here now. So the Sioux were driven to a different territory by the Chippewa. The territory of the agricultural Tenton and Yankton. Wait, wait a minute. There were other tribes living on the land that the Sioux claimed is their original native land where they grew up from the soil. But what? The Santee forced... What? No. They didn't for... Oh my goodness gracious, great balls of fire. The Santee forced these two groups from Minnesota into what is now North and South Dakota. You mean these peace-loving Sioux that the blue-eyed, blonde-haired devil Eastern European men with their boomsticks murdered and gave smallpox to? They, they, they fought wars with other tribes? Well, shit fire, son of a beehive. Let's read on. Traditionally, the Tenton and Yankton shared many cultural characteristics with other nomadic plains societies. They lived in teepees, wore clothing made from leather, suede, or fur, and traded buffalo products for corn called maize, if you've seen the Charlie Brown special, produced by the farming tribes of the plains. The Sioux... Oh, what? Wait, wait, wait a second. The Sioux also raided those tribes frequently. No. They don't teach us that in liberal history class, you son of a... Well, I ain't buying this. This would... I wouldn't buy this with a plug nickel. Well, let's, let's read again. The Sioux also raided the tribes frequently, particularly... The Mandan, Arikara, A-R-I-K-A-R-A, Hidastas, and the Pawnee, P-A-W-N-E-E. Actions that eventually drove the agriculturalists to ally themselves with the U.S. military against the Sioux tribes. So you mean to tell me these Sioux, these peace-loving Sioux that General Custer got killed by because he's a dummy, uh, they, they, they weren't just sitting there in their tents while the white men poisoned them with smallpox and raided and raped their land? They actually proactively forced other tribes off their lands? No. They didn't teach me that in liberal history class. Shit fire, son of a beehive. Well, I'll be dog I'll be dagnabbed. And so these other tribes, wait, there were it says there were original 
What the fuck did Justin Trudeau call him? Original inhabitants. Original inhabitant tribes that aligned themselves with the United States military to protect themselves from the Sioux? Oh, well, that sheds a whole nother light on this whole thing now, don't it? So, throughout the history of the world, you're tell I'm telling me, and me is telling you, that people of all sorts, races, religions, colors, creeds, sexual orientations, going way back to monkeys, uh, if you want to believe Darwin, or if you want to believe the Bible way back throughout the history of the Bible, uh, which is what I believe, people have fought over territory and one side wins whether it was the Sioux who pushed the Tenton and the Yankton off of their territory or whether it was the American military who pushed the Sioux off of their territory uh Well, gee whiz, just sounds like a some bitch history lesson, don't it? So, were there terrible things done to Native Americans or ori original inhabitants? Yeah. Did they do terrible things to people who thought, oh, ooh, look here, I found me a piece of land out, out in the wilderness, I'm going to set up shop. And then, you know, a tribe of whoever, Cherokee, Sioux, who knows who, showed up and said, hey, this is our territory. We're cutting your scalp off and you're going to lay here and bleed to death from the head. Well, gee whiz. Sounds to me like that's the way the world turns. Go back at any point in history. Uh, and, you know, since the 19... Oh, no. I mean, there's never been a time when this world was not at war, where somebody wasn't fighting somebody over territory, resources, goods, something. So all this, you know, this is racism. We we named the baseball team from Cleveland the Indians because we hate Indians and we hate uh, original inhabitants. Uh, you know, we give to our sports teams these nicknames because we hate these people. Not true at all, folk. Sorry, liberal history writers. Just ain't true. You know, the fact that, or the lie that's been told to a lot of us, uh, and again, I still have a lot of respect for the Native American people and culture. But the fact that we, it's been said that we gave them everything from smallpox to diabetes, which by the way, diabetes you get on your own unless you have type 1 diabetes. But diabetes is rampant in the original inhabitant community. Uh, we, we get us, well, Eastern European white males spread these diseases to the original inhabitants out of vengeance. Uh, it just ain't true. You know, the fact, the lie, pardon me, the lie 
that the original inhabitants uh, grew from the soil of North America and were uprooted and slain by the evil, blue-eyed, blonde-haired devil Eastern Europeans is factually not true. Don't have to like it. I don't like what was done to the original inhabitants. They weren't. By uh, President Andrew Jackson of the Trail of Tears. Uh, you know, you want to find a peaceful solution to everything. But didn't work out that way and 100 years later we're told well you've got to you know make up for the sins of your fathers I don't know when the hell my fathers showed up on this continent you know uh, according to my grandmother I'm part Blackfeet Indian but I don't believe I think she's confused um, because her uncle married a Blackfeet Indian. That doesn't put Blackfeet Indian into her or my bloodline, but I'm I, just like, Grandma's dead, so we'll let her think what she wants to think. So anyway, that's the truth. You know, take it, leave it, don't like it, like it. Um, it's really not the truth. It's more my opinion of some facts and things that I've read and researched tonight. Um, but something I wanted to get into, because there's two sides to the coin, two sides to history, two or three sides to the story. You know, there used to be the saying, there's two sides to every story. Well, now the saying is there's three sides. Your side, my side, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. And uh, that's kind of what I feel. I don't know if I presented the truth. The people who wrote the articles that I read may have been liars. But at least we know one thing. When a sports franchise gives itself a nickname... It's not meant to be degrading. And say, for example, the Dallas Cowboys, and there are still Cowboys in Texas, a football team and, boy, and boys that round up cows, they didn't go around asking every cowboy rancher Hey, is it okay if we use the, the term cowboy? We mean it in the best possible way. Uh, you, no, they didn't. They just did because cowboys were seen as heroes. So when the Cleveland Indians named their team, well, when, pardon me, when the, the baseball franchise from Cleveland changed its name to the Indians, they didn't need to ask permission. They were trying to come up with something that was uh, brave, symbolized strength, symbolized winning. So, as Paul Harvey would say, and that's the rest of the story. 43, 49, 40. 
almost 44 minutes later. Hey, thank y'all. God bless you. Pray for each other. And have a wonderful, wonderful day. Gee, Dick, I give it a 50 because it's got a good beat and you can dance to it. That little Dick Clark American Band stand for you there.